Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Oh, what's up, wrestling fans? Can I just say that I feel glorious today? I feel glorious, glorious. Oh, I love that song, Macklemore. That's a good song, my friend. Dude, it's a feel-good song. And today, <laughs> I'm feeling good. I know you're feeling good. I'm feeling all right. Oh, what's up, everybody? This is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 49, one away from we that four nine. half century mark. Dang. If you would have told me when we started this a year ago that we would have actually put out almost 50 episodes of us talking some straight bullshit about wrestling, I would have said, sign me up. Ah, sign me up. And I'll tell you what, though. We're going to get a little something for 50. You know what? We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to divulge no, it. We're today. not going to divulge it. But right now. we. Uh, all right. Yeah. Ben brought this up. Everyone. Yeah. Next week will be our 50th episode. And we're working on something a little special. Maybe a little special guest. Who knows what's coming at you, but and we're talking like a big time guest. Oh, I like him. Yeah, or her, or her, them. Big time guest. Who knows? Abe Lincoln, George Washington. <laughs> Abe at least wrestled. God dang it! Washington chopped down a cherry tree. Hey, you ever tried to chop down a cherry tree? <laughs> All right, enough. I digress. Anyway, this is me, Brandon 49. Olinger. A.K.A. Brando, joined alongside my partner, my friend, my co-host, the hype man, Ben Watson. Don't wind up on your back, bro. In case you haven't noticed, Ben likes to sing. See, I don't sing that much because... You're a good singer. I am not a good singer. In (laughs) fact, I was actually thinking about this in the car the other day. I was driving in my car, (laughs) actually listening to that glorious song by Macklemore, and I'm trying to sing it, and I'm even telling myself, dude, you are a horrible singer. You just gotta stop. Yeah, but you know what? When you're driving in your car and you want to belt out, you want to lay those pipes, just do it. You know who I like singing who to cares? in the car? You know who, oh, you know who I love Bruno? singing to? No. Kesha. Oh, <laughs> I love me some Kesha. Hot and dangerous. Ain't too many can play with us. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, what's up? We are so glad to be back. Episode number 49, as I already said, this is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You can always find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. Listen, go out there, find us, follow us. We love interacting and Rate talking us. wrestling. We haven't got to that part, Ben. Stop interrupting. Oh, sorry. All right, find us on Twitter. We love interacting with people. We love talking wrestling. And as Ben said, find the podcast. It's at all your favorite podcast locations, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, whatever else is out there. I'm sure you're going to find it. Download it. Listen. Subscribe. Give us a rate. Maybe a review. I like rates and reviews, man. You know, let us know how we're doing. We've, we've got some very solid ratings and reviews, which actually makes me feel 
pretty cool. This is really important time, to you, isn't it? It does. Well, I'm pissed off for that two rating. Sorry, Ben. Who I'll, gave us a two and a three? Look, I was not happy with one Show of the yourself. episodes that we did. I was not happy with one of the episodes Oh, you did, we did. It, didn't you? No, I didn't do it. <laughs> no, show yourself, whoever gave us a two and a three. You know who I still want to know about? <laughs> we brought this up, like, last year, early on. We have a listener from Ireland every week, because we can tell from our uh, um, the podcast yeah. uh, hostings that we have. I want to know who that listener from, Ar- from Ireland is. Please hit us up. Absolutely, because I need a place to stay at when I come out there to golf a little bit. So I'm Irish. Up. You know I'm Irish, right? Uh, yeah, your fucking red pubes showed it on. <laughs> We're really all right. Time out. Really, you cannot. I, I am disappointed with you, man. <laughs> God, I, can we I pause am... that and go back? No, Jesus. All right, so listen, we got a little business to get through real quick. We've talked to you guys the last couple of weeks about T-shirts. Man, we are running low on those shirts, and I just want to say thanks again for everyone that hit us up this week about T-shirts. Good God, you guys are overwhelming me right now, but it's amazing. We love it. Um, If anyone else is interested in shirts right now, all we have left is roughly 10 gray large T-shirts t-shirts and we've got just a small handful maybe like three or four blue extra large t-shirts so hit us up drop us a direct message on twitter maybe send us an email to the inside trip one at gmail.com if you'd like to have one the shirts are 25 dollars. that includes shipping um we'll get that out to you as soon as possible but ben and i both just want to say thanks to everyone big shout out man yeah you know what it's done we it's basically helped us so we made our money back finally on the shirts right because we we had to upfront a decent amount of money for those shirts and it's also allowed us to pay for our podcast hosting fees for the year so shout out to that man yeah and that was really our ultimate that's awesome goal. man our ultimate goal money wise was just to cover the podcast hosting fees um one day we would like to start a website you know we, you know we, we kind of pay for that website name already but we are too lazy and cheap to build the website as it <laughs> is um and the other great thing was is the shirts turned out really well. Again, big, big, big thanks to our friends at Barbarian Apparel for doing it for Shout us. Out to Barbarian. And all the feedback we've gotten from people on the shirts is, is they love them. They think we're great. We, we love seeing people tweet out that they got the shirts, that they're wearing them. Um, so big, you know, again. They're comfy. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I got my wife one, and there's nothing that turns me on more than when I walk into my bedroom and uh, she's wearing nothing but my inside trip wrestling shirt. <laughs> oh, God. We are hey, six we, minutes into this we episode. Are we are married. You know, that's my marital bed, son. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, listen, we got some other news we want to drop on you real quick. So here is the deal. Big time news. Big time news. I think it's got the potential to be something really fun, um, really interesting. So but- people kind of asked us like before. Like a while ago, they asked us if, because, uh, you know, NCAAs is going to be in our hometown. They they said, you know, is Inside Trip going to throw a party, you know, at the NCAAs? And, you know, we, we thought about that and, you know, whether or not <laughs> whether or not that would be possible. But what, what, no people were tweeting that, asking we're throwing an Inside Trip party. But I think that we got something, something one better here for you. Well, anyway, what's going down is this. So. Matt Cast, the Lions 247 Matt Cast, um, wants to put on a live wrestling podcast. That's the Penn State podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, they're Penn State guys. A live wrestling podcast 
during the NCAA tournament in between rounds. So what has been brought together is this. Lions 247 Matt Cast, which is Penn State's kind of uh, – uh, they're kind of Penn State homers, uh, you know, wrestling podcast. Right. has asked me and Ben and our fellow friends from the state up north of Michigan, the Blood Round Wrestling Podcast, to get together at Second and High Social House um, to do a live wrestling podcast show that will be um, – we should have a moderator. It's going to be the three podcasts um, of – you know, each podcast fans of teams who are going to be in the running for trophies. And this is at NCAAs, right? At NCAAs. So it will be in between sessions on Friday. We're looking at Second and High Social House on Friday, March 16th from 4 to 6 p.m. And come an on easy, out. That's an easy walk from the queue. It's about a five-minute walk from the queue is what I've been told. Yeah, where the NTA terms can be held. Right. There's going to be fan interaction. There's going to be a moderator. We're going to have special guests, which you know was most likely going to mean uh, former college wrestlers and whomever else. We're going to have drinks. Obviously, there's drinks. And, and, actually, <laughs> and actually, if I'm not mistaken, um, the owners of this bar um, have basically said that they will run drink specials for everyone that comes out to this event. Um for this uh for this live wrestling podcast type thing um we need to at least get 75 people to show up for this which really shouldn't be a problem no and, and let me tell you let me tell you one thing brandon and i are going on our seventh year uh, uh at the ncaa's in a row and this is the best time to drink in between the friday morning session and the blood round everybody's out everybody's partying so all we're gonna do is say hey come to the bar have some cocktails and listen to us Matt Cast, Penn State, Blood Round, and we're going to freaking give you a live podcast, BS about it. And you know our Buckeye fans, we're going to give it about, you know, how we think we're going to win the NCAA tournament. And uh, I think it's going to be a great time. It's going to be an awesome time. And again, there's going to be fan, we want fan interaction from the, or participation from the fans in the audience. Again, there will be special guests there and everything. So I think this has got the potential to be a really good time. Um, and hey, come on out, support it, because we need to. We we need a we need a we need a we need a backing behind. We us need that Buckeye when, support for when these Penn State fellas get up on the uh, stage talking about how nobody can beat Penn State. My Marvers Bo Nickel in the finals is not going to happen. Oh man! So anyway, uh, more to come on that. We'll probably tweet something out about that. There's an event page that's been set up. Tickets are free to come to the show. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. All right, Ben. <laughs> oh baby. It's been an amazing week of wrestling. Yeah. All right. Since our last podcast, uh, the scuffle happened. The Lee was freed. An amazing duel took place in Italy and much, much more. And no, not to mention, how can we forget our favorite Buckeyes wrestled two matches this weekend? Back in action. Buckeyes were back in action, baby. Tell me about it, man. So, you know, you you, you want to talk a little Buckeye action right now? Let's do it. All right, so the Buckeyes on Friday, they wrestled uh, Maryland, you know, a team who's not – they're kind of on the bottom of the Big Ten at the moment. But I, I still feel like there was some intrigue there. The main intrigue was NATO's back. Tomasello coming back is awesome, not only for the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's awesome for the 125-pound weight class and for college wrestling in general. I mean, would, would you disagree? No, I completely agree. I think that uh, 
I think that Nathan Tomasello, who, you know, he's been ranked number one by a number of the uh, talking heads, a number of the prognosticators, um, you know, and, and a lot of people wondered why he was still ranked number one when he was injured. People knew he was coming back. Right. So he comes back, and all he does is he get out, he goes out and gets a tech fall in the first period against a guy, uh, Brandon Cray. So I watched that match, and NATO, look, he looks trim. He looks trim. He doesn't look like a 133-pound NATO. Look, last year, Tomasello looked like He lifted himself into that way. He looked class. like Baby Hulk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, like you already said, in this match, you can tell he's put in a lot of time and effort to get down to this 125 pounds. And you know what, man? I just want to say, like, I don't think there's any uh, – Tomasello is the consummate team guy for doing this. Dude, okay? no doubt. Because he could wrestle at 133 pounds. He would be in the running for the national championship if he was saying, I'm just going to take care of me. He'd be number two right now in the rankings. Yeah, makes sense. He would definitely 100% be number two. Yeah, right absolutely. It makes sense. Because he beat the heck out of Cade Rock. And Pitch- and uh, uh, Michich. Yeah, so yeah, he's never lost to Michich. So NATO drops down, right? He's thinned out. He wrestles Brandon Cray, and he and he looks a little he looks a little out of sorts during the first minute, you know, trying to get to his lefty high crotch elbow pass. It's been blocked a few times. Finally, he gets that takedown, looks a little clean, and then he does something that I haven't seen in a minute. On top of him, he added to his arsenal. On top, that dude's got a couple roll through tilts that I had never seen before. So you know, and, and really, I'm uh, wondering if he I'm wondering if he was working because remember his knee's been fine for a while. I'm wondering if he hadn't got on the mat and started working on his top game because it looked pretty good. That's, I mean, that's really good to hear because if you think, when I think of Tomasello wrestle, I mean, I think of a guy who's just, you know, he's the classic stalker, you know, bruiser, he's bruiser, you know, head banging with dudes on his feet, looking for that lefty high crotch or that single leg. The single leg, he's got you know, that single yeah, still. Ex- exactly. But you, when you think of Tomasello, you're not thinking a guy that once he gets on top of you on the mat that he's just going to start racking up back points. I'm thinking he's going to be able to do it. Now, I'm not I'm not sure he's turning, you know, a Soriano or a Lee or a Bresser or somebody like that. But, you know, I think he's turning guys early on in the NCAA tournament, which is I think it's going to get him some bonus points. He Remember, he's a bonus point machine with that. Remember how he hits that high C to a Turk? Yes. You know? So, yes. you know, it, it's just good to see him back, and it's good to see his body is acclimated to it. Um, you know, and, you know, I don't want to run down this duel without before talking about the fact that he didn't wrestle at Rutgers. Because I, like, I feel like as Ohio State fans, although we're a national podcast, we have an obligation to talk about this. All right, you want my thoughts on that? Yeah, I want okay, your so thoughts, and then I'll give you mine. And, I, and I'm pretty sure we have the same thoughts. Most likely. So here's my thoughts on that. Look, there is the irrational fan side of me that says, damn it, right, right. I really wanted to see Tomasello wrestle Suriano. Here's Tom Ryan doing what Tom Here Ryan— Here we go again. Yeah, what Tom Ryan has a history of doing— which is ultimately, if you think about it, doing what's best for his guys. Okay? Right, right. Now, here's the rational side of me. The rational side of me says this is his first weekend back to live competition, cutting down to 125 pounds after not being at that weight for over an, an entire year, for almost two years. Right. Okay? Um, yeah. There was really no benefit could come out of making him make weight twice in the same weekend with his second match back being against, arguably, the other guy that could be considered number one in the country, or one of the other guys that could be considered right. number one in the country, Suriano. One of the three guys. Exactly. Um, 
I will say this. As always, you got people out there on the interweb just talking shit, <laughs> saying, here we are, he's ducking, he's ducking. I don't think it's a duck, all right? I think it's about what's doing what's best for your guy his first weekend back because you know what? The next few weeks for Tomasello does not get any easier. And he said he's wrestling. Again. He's got Lee Zach and then Lee. He's exactly, okay? So for all the people out there on Twitterverse, Facebook land, wherever else. Thematt.com. Yeah, the forms that says he was ducking. I guarantee you, after March 18th, I guarantee you will all be ducking in those same places. That's right. That's right. And look, you know. So give, me your Tomasello, give me your thoughts. Nathan Tomasello go, if he went out today against Nick Siriano, he loses. Based on what I saw against Maryland. He loses. His lungs aren't there because he hasn't been training, you know, fully. And his his technique was not quite as crisp as we normally see about, about him. But do you think that that his technique isn't going to be crisp? You don't forget how to wrestle, right? His technique's going to get a little crisper. He's going to learn how to wrestle back at 125. Now, remember, he lifted himself out of that 125-pound weight class. It wasn't like he couldn't go 125 at that time. Now, he was able to atrophy his body back down to it. He's going to be on that pitch count. But we've heard from him and Tom Ryan that he's he's in for uh, Minnesota and for Iowa. So if anybody's trying to say you're ducking somebody, oh, and also he had a, a wedding to go to Saturday night. Oh, His whoa. best friend's wedding, who he said, I promise I will be there. What is he supposed to do, go to that wedding and then fly out and wrestle Suriano? No, it just— I ain't making weight yeah. after a wedding it, it, the way I eat and drink <laughs> at weddings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm barely, I'm barely making my flight, son. I'm barely making my flight. Um, you know, Ben, I will say this. I, I'm not gonna. I can't. I'm not ready to say he would have lost that match, like you just said. Really? But no, no, because look, he's a gamer. Okay. Yeah. He. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's one of the best 100, 125 pounders in the country. Okay. Uh, three time All American, one time national champ. He, heck, he's only lost two matches at the national That's tournament. That's what I'm saying. Okay. He, he and he was undefeated the last two years during the regular season. Exactly. And all of a sudden, he's he's people on the, the interwebs are saying that he's like going to be lucky to take top six. But You're, th- those guys are dumb. They are dumb. Absolutely. Exactly. And who, I will say that right now. Who do you think this guy is? You are dumb. Who do you think this guy is? Anyway, you know, just going back to it though. If, if you think about it, look, first action back, trying to make weight. Make a weight that you haven't made in a long time, twice in the same week in your first action back. Look, it's just it's it's not the right thing to do for him. And Tom Ryan did the right thing. As a fan, I'm disappointed because I want to see Tomasello Suriano, but you know what? We're gonna see Tomasello Suriano in the future. Oh yeah, we are. Okay. So yeah, as we said, Buckeyes two matches this weekend. Um, you know, Maryland Friday night, Rutgers today. In fact, we're dropping this podcast right now after the uh, the Rutgers duel. Um, you know, one of the things I was really impressed with the Ohio State Buckeyes against Maryland is they scored points. Everybody scored a lot of points. A lot of points, man. And that's what I was they really went after happy to see. It. Exactly. So talk to me about that, Ben. Well, I think – so So let, let's break this down into a couple different uh, extrapolating points. One, I think that Buckeyes are finally buying into bonus points are very important. 
Well, it's not even just them buying into it. I think they've realized that without the bonus points, even with arguably one of the greatest top-to-bottom teams of all time, potentially. It is. It's okay, the greatest top-to-bottom team of all time. They're still going to need bonus points to win, it. to stay in this race with yeah. the Kitty Cats from Pennsylvania. Yeah, a la pin chain. A lot, a lot of things, and you look at these guys. They're going, they're going, uh, they're scoring bonus points, and, and I think that. Let me tell you where, and, and they're also improving. Okay, they're Agreed. they're not just, you know. Remember, the Princeton Open is where they opened up, right? And they've just constantly improved. And nothing shows me that more than Keyshawn Hayes versus Alfred Bannister. Alfred Bannister has been a consummate ranked guy for Maryland, national qualifier guy. Um, very, you know, very good accolades from the high sc- in the high school. Keyshawn and he lost to him seven. Or Keyshawn Hayes beat him seven to six at the Princeton Open, and he goes out and he majors him eight to zero, oh, rides him like a dog in their Maryland duel. Uh, yeah, you you you're absolutely right. I think that's a great point right there. And I, Keyshawn Hayes looks so good Friday night in that match against Bannister. Um, he, the thing about Hayes is. Hayes just does so many things the right way. You know, on his feet, on the mat. I mean, he's such a great wrestler. I mean, and we're going to touch on this in a bit. That's why today's result against Rutgers is he a little lost. heartbreaking he lost. for me. Um, you know, he, he lost to DeLuca today. It was, it, was an, it was an awkward match to DeLuca, and we can talk about this later. I, I, don't, I feel like Keyshawn Hayes is going to... It's gonna make Deluca pay next time they wrestle. I I think so too. You know, sorry to say, I mean Deluca beat him fair and square. He did, I, but, but uh, two me, but two lat drops to win the match. Come on now. Here's my thing, man, and I think this is something that wrestling coaches say all the time. Um, great wrestlers understand. You hear this in other sports. Look, you either win or you lose. And today right. was a learning moment for Keyshawn Hayes. Listen, when you're winning, young a match, guy, young guy. Yeah, when you're winning a match against a guy. The last thing that you want to do is put yourself in a position that that is his best position, and that's what he did. I mean, DeLuca can throw dudes, and you know what? He did. He threw him, not once, but twice to win that Shut match. Twice with, twice with two lat drops when when Hayes would have easily won that match absent that. Agreed. But you know what? But let's talk about, a little bit more about the Keyshawn Hayes-Alfred Bannister match. And I just, and, you know, I think it, it the score shows a lot. Okay, he re- he lost to him, or he beat him seven to six during the Princeton Open, which means he gave up six points against him. Here, he was able to ride him like a dog, take him down, and he scrapped. Okay, Bannister was trying to get in his head by really throwing some haymakers, and Keyshawn Hayes scrapped. He kept his cool, and I tell you what, making a jump from seven to six to eight to zero, oh, just from the start to the start start of the season to now, means that. That's almost a tech fall towards the end of the season if you want to continue to extrapolate that jump. You know the great thing about it, and we've talked about this in the past with Keyshawn Hayes, is that Keyshawn Hayes has won a lot of matches where the, his opponent has scored zero points. Boom. There it sorry. is. Whether you, whether it's two to nothing, you can't score three to nothing, nothing, ten to nothing, if you are not scoring points against the guy, 15 to nothing, right? You got whooped. And he scores a 15 to nothing, too. He's got some tech falls out there where he's tech guys, you know, where he's putting up 15 points and they've putting up zero. But Keyshawn Hayes has a lot of shutout victories. And you know what? That's okay. We'll take this loss against DeLuca because Hayes is going to learn from this and he's going to come back and he's still going to be one of the top guys at 149 So pounds. let me ask you where Keyshawn Hayes falls right now. So uh, he beats Bannister, loses to DeLuca. Right now, 
they got him ranked. Excuse me, I'm at 133. I need to go to 149. Right now they got him ranked at um, five. Okay, and they got him ranked right below right below Troy Heilman, who's just taken two bad losses. So what I was thinking before today, and I talked to you about this, was I texted you about this, and I said, Hayes about to get that four spot. And then he loses to DeLuca. But here's the thing. Kaladzic is six. Or excuse me, Thompson is six. Kaladzic is seventh. Right. He's beaten them both. Well, so what I'm thinking is, you almost... You almost may either A, jump he, Hayes just because of Heilman's losses, or B, wipe the slate clean. But how do you drop Hayes? How do you drop him below? You can't drop him right. below Thompson and Kalazic. Right. He's got he's got, got head heads against them. So he loses first first loss of the year to DeLuca, who's a ranked opponent. The only guy ahead of him is the guy. I'm not talking about Oliver Sorensen or Rutherford. The only guy ahead of him is Heilman, who beat Hayes. But it also lost twice this weekend. Do you, just, do you just scrap it and say, all right, we're going to keep everything the way it is? I mean, honestly, when you look at this, and you've got to think about like the, the last couple of weeks in general, or at least the last week in general. Um, Highland's taken a couple of losses over the last couple of weeks. Okay, Keyshawn Hayes just took a loss. That's his second loss on the season. Um, Max Thompson loss, right. suffered a few losses, or at least a couple of losses at the scuffle. And Keyshawn Hayes has a head-to-head over Thompson. Kalodzic, right? He's got a head-to-head over Kalodzic. Look, right now, Kalodzic suffered a couple of losses at Midlands. Correct. So you can do one of two things here, in my opinion. <laughs> and this, the first one, is the most likely. As far as the top seven guys, you keep it the exact same. Wipe the slate clean. Okay, just wipe, wipe the, the slate clean. Look, everybody uh, Everybody bad, bad losses. Everybody had holiday hangover and suffered a loss <laughs> here and there. Um, or, I, I, no, that's, that, that's really your only option. I can't see them bumping Keyshawn Hayes ahead of Heilman, even though Heilman took a couple of losses, because Heilman still has that head-to-head. He could have. If Hayes didn't lose to DeLuca. Correct. But he lost to DeLuca. Um, Heilman still has that head-to-head. And considering Heilman lost, Hayes lost, Thompson lost, Kalodzic lost all within the last week. Do you think McChrystal week. sneaks up? No. He shouldn't. He should not. He shouldn't. That's my That's my God's honest opinion, Brandon, is he shouldn't. No. I, I do not think McChrystal sneaks up in any ranker that does so. Um, I will lose. They're, they're looking at the wrong things. I'm going to lose total respect for me, and here's why. Keyshawn Hayes has a head-to-head over Colton McChrystal. Um, Josh Maruka has beaten Col- Colt McChrystal. Oliver's beaten McChrystal. Heilman's beaten McChrystal. Um, so, no, McChrystal is not sneaking up. When Hayes beat McChrystal? Hayes beat McChrystal at the at Cliff Keen. At the Cliff Keen, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it was uh, an 11-10 match, but he, no, Hayes, no, he... no, 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 strike that. I am so sorry. My data is wrong. Um, McChrystal Medical forfeited that match. Okay. Okay. But he still, McChrystal still has losses to Doesn't matter. Josh still a Maruka, win. Troy Heilman. It's still a win. It's not. Oh, it's a medical forfeit. Medical yeah, forfeit. Right. It's not. But McChrystal still has losses to guys like Maruka. Can't jump Heilman. Yeah. Oliver. Oh, he has a loss to Maruka? Yeah. Well, he's beat him. Correct. So, yeah, so. okay. So, wipe the slate clean. Zane, Sorensen, Oliver, Heilman, Hayes. Yeah, man, I don't see I, t- I don't see any other way to do it. That's how you got to do it. So you're basically keeping the rating. People insane. take losses. It's a wash. People, every one of them's taking losses. Zane will not take a loss. Everyone else will take a right. loss at one forty-nine. Matt Sorensen might not either. Well, when he wrestles Zane at the Big Ten, he's going to take a <laughs> loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, the one other match that I thought that was was really um, that I like to see was um, 
Joey McKenna over Ryan Deal. So Ryan Deal's been in and out of the rankings. And the reason why I, I, I like to see this is because Joey McKenna beat him 23-5. to five. And McKenna's not known for scoring that many points, and he just put it on him. He did, and I'll tell you what, man, watching that match, McKenna... His single leg shot was flipping amazing. Oh, baby, that single. That single leg, leg shot. The shot and the finish. It, it was so crisp. It looked like it was unstoppable. Um, and he, he also had a double on him, too. I like seeing McKenna score points like that because the Buckeyes are going to need that. And it shows me. I think McKenna, I think McKenna, as good as he already was, he is improving in this room. He did it today. He did it today, too. So let me ask you something about McKenna. Yeah. I got to look at the I, I got to look at the Buckeyes the rest of their season schedule, but depending on how their schedule lines out, because basically we're in conference dual season, right? Yeah, we're in, okay. We, do, we are. We and are the definition the be- of conference dual. And season. he's basically the best one forty one in the Big Ten. He could legitimately. Yeah, enter- Thorner. Well, Thorn beat him last year at the NCAA. At the NCAA so people people might say that. Okay, but Thorne's also taken some pretty bad losses this right, year already. Right, right. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, we're going to have some people that might argue that. But the point I'm trying to make is is that McKenna could legitimately enter the NCAAs undefeated and with as nasty and chaotic as that weight class has been, get that number one seed. How big he would that be? He won't get that one seed. He won't if, get that one seed. Based if he's off, undefeated, he will. No, not based off. you got to base it off quality competition, too. It, they based it off quality competition, my friend. When have you ever seen a guy undefeated when everyone else has losses not be the one seed, Ben? Tell me, tell me. I don't have. You're right. I'd have to look into. It. I'd have to look into it way more. What you're telling me is making me excited, but I just I'd have to look into it a little bit more. If Joey McKenna wins the Big Tens, comes out of the season undefeated. And obviously, everyone else is already going to have losses and/or multiple losses. You cannot keep him from the number well, one seed. Here's my thought: is being the number one seed of that weight class is that that much of a freaking prize? So what you see, Ironman in the semis instead of Jack or freaking Meredith? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like you know what you you, you just got to throw people in the bracket. And Pissing see. my Wheaties already. You got to okay? throw it in the bracket. Do you agree? You got to throw it in the bracket and see how it falls. No. No, I agree with you, but I'm still saying yeah. there is some advantage to being I, I like I liked seeing Ryan, you Deal, was, see, Ryan you, Deal was a national qualifier. You want to see Ironman in the semis? You want to see Dean High on the semis? I'd like to see none of them in the semis. You want to see Yanni? I, I'd like to see you them see all Meredith? in the semis wrestle, but I don't want to wrestle any of them. You know what? Ryan Deal was an NCAA qualifier last year, and Joey McKenna just went and whipped him. You know what I want them to do for 141? What? I Round Robin? I, no, I wanted to say 141. I don't even want them to wrestle the bracket. Okay. Okay. I just want them to save that for the very end. Throw a WWF ring out there, put a cage around it, and have a battle royal rumble. <laughs> what do we and got? Just let him go. Is Hulk Hogan grabbing. No, we got Dean Howe, Yanni Meredith, Ironman Jack. <laughs> uh, so you know the Buckeyes, they obviously dominated in Maryland, and then they had a really, you know, a duel against uh, an up and coming Rutgers team this, uh, uh, on Sunday, and uh, I think there's some things to talk about there too. I mean, the biggest match, I mean, obviously in that duel was at 165 with Tayshawn Campbell and Richie Lewis, okay? Right. And um, I'm excited about that match for two reasons. Yeah, I okay? like where you're going here. One, I think Tayshawn Campbell took a 5-2 to two loss, okay? And I think he's got to learn from that. I feel like it was closer than that, okay? though. See, and that's 
where we may differ because okay. I, I honestly think it was the score five to two. I'm not saying the score is not closer, you know, great or whatever, but I think that Richie Lewis out just out scrambled him and out wrestled him in a lot of situations. He out wrestled him in every position that was necessary. Okay. As a Buckeye fan, the positive I'm taking, I hate seeing Campbell lose. The positive I'm taking away from this is you're going to have to learn from this and get better because you're going to have to beat guys like Richie Lewis and better to get on that podium in March. The other thing, as a wrestling fan in general, Richie Lewis has bumped up to 165 after struggling to make that 157. And uh, he's a world champ, and he's taken multiple losses at 165. And this was a big win for Richie Lewis. Big win for Lewis. Okay. Kind of a win that says, if I stay at 165, I can do it. This is I'm the in ti- the mix. I'm, I'm in, in the, the mix. mix. This is the type of win that he that could... He could take from that and say, you know what? Maybe I can stay at 165. But let me let me tell you this right now. From a 5-2 to two match, and I, I understand. See, I think it was closer than what it was. I could easily see Campbell flipping that match. I saw he got really close to taking taking Richie down a couple times. I agree. Richie scored off some of Campbell's shots. Um, Campbell wasn't quite ready to get his you know work on top. That match was closer to me than what a 5-2 to two score because remember, he took him down at the end. Remember, Campbell took him, or uh, Richie took him down at the end of Campbell's dive shot. So really, we're talking three or three two. I agree. And, and look, I, and both Campbell and Richie are both they're 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 guys they're round of twelve type guys, right? Like, and what I mean by that is they're going to be wrestling in the round of twelve to see who's going to be. That could be a round of twelve match right there. Look, the fact of the matter is, is neither two have ever All-American at the NCAA yeah. level, at the D1 level. They could be wrestling each other in the round of 12. Exactly. And, it, I, and, and I'm not saying that Richie, I, I'm, not, I'm just not favoring Richie based off that match so much that, that it's like, oh, he's already beaten him. There's no way to get, that, that, he, that he, he could beat him, or that he couldn't be beat him. So what I meant, when, uh, what I meant Ben, when I said, you know, I didn't think it was – you know, as close or whatever as you thought. Look, I definitely agree with you 100%. The match can be flipped. But when I was watching the match, when I was watching the situations, the scramble situations, each athlete's demeanor on the mat, I felt inside me that Richie Lewis was going to win that match. Okay? Yeah, I agree with that. That's where I'm going there. Um, I wonder, though, you know, you saw the Maryland match. and I, when, wa- I watched it all. When yeah. uh, Tayshawn Campbell walked off of his, you know, after his match at against Maryland, he was limping. His knee, baby. But no, he did that against Princeton, too. Remember? Right. I, I think there's some injury there. So, hopefully, whatever it is, is it isn't serious. He can overcome it. Um, I hope so, too. Now, now, Buckeyes have a great backup at that weight class, and Cody Bercher, an NCAA qualifier a year ago. But, <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. He's listen. certainly not in the All-American conversation, but he's going to qualify. Ben... Don't get me wrong. I love Bercher. He's an Ohio boy. He's a formidable backup. But right now, I'm thinking beating Penn State. And beating Penn State, Cody Bercher will not contribute to that. You're right. Okay. And I mean, God, I mean, I really mean no disrespect with that. I it's get just you. Speaking realistically, no, you're you know, just very at rude. that weight class. Very rude. Yeah, very rude, I'm obviously. Just, but man, at, the, I'm kidding. at that weight class, if Tayshawn Campbell or Tayshan Campbell is a borderline All-American round of 12 type Seven, guy right eight, now. Nine, ten, yeah. You know, what does that make Bircher? We need points. You're right. You're right. All right. So I want to talk about one other match in the uh, Rutgers, uh, Rutgers uh, Ohio State match. Now, and I, that was, uh, um, that was uh, uh, Luke Pletcher versus uh, Scott Del Vecchio. 
Okay. Um, you know, very tight match. Delvecchio is just a KG. I think he's a senior. I think he's ranked uh, top 15. Um, yeah, they got him at 14 on Intermat. Pletcher uh, at three. Pletcher beats him in the final seconds by taking him down. Um, you know, Pletcher, he wrestles a lot of tight matches. But I tell you what, didn't Scotty Parker just lose? Uh, Scotty did, yeah. Parker just lost. I'm pretty sure you're going to see Fletcher. Parker num- lost twice at the scuffle. I'm pretty sure you're going to see Fletcher as the number two wrestler, wrestler in the country right now. Um, from a ranking standpoint, yes, that is exactly the case. Or do you think Jack Mueller might bump him? Uh, it's a great question, Ben. Here's my thoughts on that. I don't think Fletcher has lost this year, right? He's undefeated, baby. Undefeated on the season. Crazy. It's crazy. It's great for him. He's having a, a hell of a season right now, and... All Buckeye fans should be excited. Um, I think Jack Mueller is probably one of the most underappreciated wrestlers at 133 pounds. He is damn good on his feet. He is really flipping good on top. But here's the thing. He's already got a loss to Josh Tayrow this season. Six to nothing loss. That was just what I was about to pull up. And you know who beat the hell out of Tayrow? Pletcher. Exactly. Exactly. So no, I don't think Mueller is going to is going to bump him. Um, But I'll tell you this right now, and this might be a good segue into the scuffle um, conversation. I think Jack Mueller, with the way one thirty three is looking at, um, you know, across you know across the landscape, the landscape. landscape. Jack Mueller, do not be surprised to see him in the running to make the finals at one thirty three. I think he's the. The only thing that keeps him from the finals, potentially, right? The only thing that keeps him from having a shot at the finals is if he ends up on Gross's side. Exactly. If he ends up on anybody else's side, you know, I I feel like I feel like to be honest with you, Luke Pletcher, Jack Mueller, that's a pick'em. So here's my thing. That's a here. pick'em between Pletcher and Mueller. You think it's a pick'em? I think it's a pick'em. Okay. I, Mueller, I think I think Pletcher's done enough to show that he can score. He can get out from bottom. And he's got the ability to score against top-ranked guys on his feet. Okay, so and this is what I'm going to say about that. And I love Luke Pletcher. I really do. Um, especially after what he did last year, bumping up at 141, coming in midseason. Damn, he was to, close to All-American. Exactly. Um, I will always favor guys that can battle in more than one position on the mat. Okay. And not just battle, but be really good at it, okay? And you and I, we've talked about this before. Pletcher is stingy. He's got stingy defense. Doesn't give up a lot of points. He's three foot two. That's insulting because you are shorter than him. <laughs> okay? Um, <laughs> but That's not true, but yeah. But, here, but the point I'm trying to make, Ben, is this, is that Pletcher is stingy with his defense. <laughs> I'm not shorter than him. You're shorter than me. That's all that matters. I'm taller than Pletcher. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yes, I am. You're wider than Pletcher. <laughs> Not his legs. <laughs> Not his legs. But I'm you're... taller than Pletcher, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get back to this? Yeah. Okay, look. Pletcher's stingy. He doesn't give up a lot of points. And yes, he can get out from bottom, but... Fletcher doesn't score a lot of points in general, okay? And right, he doesn't right. ride. He doesn't turn. Look at Jack Mueller. Jack Mueller's got some really good offense on his feet, and that boy is sick McNasty dirty on, on top. top. I dirty. mean, straight dirty. And he's not bad on bad bottom. Here's the thing. You ask me right now, Jack Mueller versus Luke Fletcher, and I'm favoring Mueller. I, I would think, you think I wouldn't? Would you think I wouldn't? 
No, I think you have to. I mean, when you look when you look at everything. But I'm just wondering if, like, because I know sometimes you think that I'm like a homer, but like, no is that surprising of you for me to say that. No, I think I think it's a very fair, honest, and realistic observation. Okay. All right. So listen, we brought up Jack Mueller. Jack Mueller just wrestled at the scuffle. Just won the scuffle. Let's talk a little scuffle talk, man. Little surprises. Some not so surprising results. But some very interesting stuff came out of the scuffle that occurred earlier in the week. So here's my, I guess, off-the-cuff comments, thoughts about the scuffle, Ben. And then I'd like for you to give me yours if you have any. One, Darian Cruz. If anybody out there is discounting Darian Cruz as a title threat right now, you're insane. Okay, you're absolutely insane. I don't care if he is ranked third behind Tomasello, Suriano, whatever. I don't care if he lost in the all-star match against Piccinini. Darian Cruz is wrestling really well. And when it comes time in March, 125 is shaping up to be another treat just like last year. Yeah, I think the Darian Cruz definitely is somebody that you need to talk about. But at the same time, you know, who's he really beaten this year? Like, And, and the reason why I ask that question is, um, you know, I, I get that. I get that. He's a returning national champion. I'm just giving you my off-the-cuff comments. Yeah, his, who were his best wins? You know, I, I just, I'm not sure they're he, – he's a title He's a title, He's a a title. title contender. Exactly. That's the okay. point I'm making. That's the point I'm making, Ben. He, he just dominated his way through the Southern Scuffle. My second thought is Jack Mueller is a legitimate finalist contender at 133. Okay, the way that weight class is shaped up, look, it's obvious. Gross from South Dakota State is your clear number one. After that, it's a rat's nest between Cade Brock, Scotty Parker, Michich, Jack Mueller, whomever else. Fletcher. Fletcher. Exactly, yeah. But Mueller is wrestling really, really good. And here's a guy that I think I favor Fletcher over all those guys right now. Okay. Or not Fletcher, excuse me, Mueller. Okay. No, I, I think that's I a think great I point. I think I favor Mueller over all those guys right now. Here's a guy that is a true freshman, came out in a nice weight class last year at 125 and got on that podium. Okay. Well, yeah, and he, he made the uh, semis then uh, triple dipped off of an injury. Thirdly, Vincenzo Joseph looked really good coming back at 165. He looks scary, man. He scary beat the good. hell out of steer right from Northern Iowa, who's redshirting. Who was having who a ju- great tournament. Who just beat... Who just beat um, um, Chandler, or um, excuse me, uh, Chance Marsteller, who we thought that maybe we let's pencil. Don't Chance say Marsteller. we. Don't say we. Okay. Me, who's I was penciling Chance Marsteller in as the guy that could compete at the you know at to the make top. the finals. Yeah, to make the finals. Stewart beats him. I think he was actually in your Hodge talk. Yeah, he was, and Stewart beats him. Is he still in your Hodge talk? Uh, no, no, not after the loss to Stewart. <laughs> so Stewart beats him, and then in the finals. Vincenzo beats Theodato, turning him. He had some, so he majors him. He had some uh, crosswise tilts that I haven't seen before from him. Another thought, and this is the scary thought for Buckeye fans, is that just as we expected, just as they always do, Penn State is scoring points at an alarming rate. Bonus points, big time. Exactly. You know, I was kind of chatting with you about this earlier, but I'm in this group messaging, group text or whatever, um, 
And Alex Steen is in there. All right, Alex Steen's the editor of theopenmat.com. Guy knows his shit. Alex Steen is a statistical encyclopedia when it comes to college wrestling. Yeah, by the way, guys, if you don't subscribe to the Open Mat, I'm telling you right now, it's like 25 bucks a year for it. the best articles you can get. Exactly. And I'm not, and I'm not just saying that because Brandon writes for him. Because he actually writes free articles for him. Yeah, my stuff is free. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is well worth the 25 bucks to get the articles. Because not only do they do like cool breakdowns of duels, they do a lot of statistical analysis that's really interesting to read. I, I, I Look, I have no reason to plug them, but I'm telling you, subscribe to The Open Mat, read their articles. They're amazing. There's good stuff. And you know what? They've actually brought in some new talent. Earl Smith from D1CollegeWrestling.net and the Sudden History Podcast is now the high school guy for TheOpenMat.com. Yeah. He's doing all the rankings and the articles there. But anyway. and, and, I mean, I've been published on The Open Mat, too. Yeah, yeah so. you have. You have. So, I mean, I feel like if, if, I, if I'm writing for something, you should probably read it because I'm a freaking genius. <laughs> I'm kidding. I sound like Donald Trump right there. But anyway, speaking of points scored by Penn State, I'm in this group messaging, and Alex just, I guess, just got bored and decided to <laughs> to do a top 10 college points per minute. I like this. Okay. This is points scored per minute by college wrestlers over the course of the season. And look, there's some heavy hitters out there this year, some really offensive guys. Notice I'm being juggernauts, really, if you will. I'm really careful not to say offensive after you gave me shit. <laughs> um, so just to put this in a little bit of context, okay? Zahid Valencia is an amazing wrestler, one of the best in college wrestling. All right, scores a lot of points. Right now, Zahid is averaging two point three two points per minute, according to Alex's data. Okay. That's a lot of points right there. You look at a you guy, would think that's a lot of points. You would think that's per minute. You look at a guy like Zane Rutherford. All right, he's averaging three point four four points per minute, more than a point better than Zahid. But let's talk about Jason Nolf. Jason the Nolf, freaking wizard, dude. He's, he's a freaking wizard. He's a magician. I'm telling you, this dude is not. It's not. It's not real stuff. Like I feel like. He's making shit up. Do you know what? They call David Taylor the magic man? Nah, brah. Jason Nolf is the magic man. He's the magic man. Jason Nolf has scored 183 points in 39 minutes and 39 seconds. What's that equate to, homie? 4.62 points per minute. That's insane. He's scoring 4.62 points per minute of wrestling. That's insane. And he pins a lot of guys. Like He could, he could bump that up easily if he wanted to just tech dudes. So to further put that into context... Another not-so-offensive juggernaut, Alex Sertzis. <laughs> Come on, dog. Is averaging 0.67 points per minute over the course of the season. And we do believe that his average match time this year is actually more than seven minutes due to all of his matches going into overtime. <laughs> yeah, he's still a national champ. You can't take that away from him. But how insane is that to be scoring almost five points per minute? But that's that's the reason why Penn State is still the favorite to win the NCAA title, man. So yeah, so that just that just kind of supports my uh, you know off the cuff thought there that look, Penn State's doing what they do best. 
Which we said Zane, Zane and Nolf are both in that conversation. Yeah, Nichols in there as well, too. I think uh, Bo Nichols actually... Is Mymar not in there? Uh, Mymar is freaking... Yeah, so Bo Nichols, uh, 2.86 points per minute, according to Alex, and Miles Martin is right under him at 2.81 points per minute. Okay, so they're, they're pretty even. Pretty neck and neck there. The one thing that Nichols has that Bo doesn't is I think Bo, Bo Nichols has like seven pens in under a minute on the year. Yeah, but Mymar has a lot of text, so maybe he's not the penner, but... You know, dude's still scoring some points. You know what it means when they wrestle? Oh, it's going to be fire, baby. It's going to be a delight. And what, I've, you, so what you want to chat about with this Southern Scuffle? Give me some of your thoughts, man. Uh, some of my thoughts are, what do you think about Nick Lee? Okay, I think that's a great uh, great topic there. Um, I think Penn State has to pull Nick Lee out of red shirt. I think they absolutely have to. I think Nick Lee has he's proven that he can beat top ten guys. Uh, his win against Josh Auber, that sweet inside that nasty trip. inside trip. Hey, inside trip of the week. Whoop! I'll go inside trip of the week with that. You got? I like it. Um, he was at, he was even winning the match when when it happened. Beat Josh Auber inside trip to his back pinned him um, in the same tournament on the bottom half of the bracket. Jared Cortez. Um, it, he got hurt. He got hurt, and it, it appeared to be a nasty injury. So here's the thing with Penn State. Even though you got those, you know, guys that are going to score you those big bonus points, you're not getting much from 120. You're not getting anything from 125. You'll be lucky to get much from 133. I'm not sure he's going to qualify, guys. And 141, if Cortez is your guy, I don't think you're going to get anything from him, okay? And on top of that, you got your conundrum at 197. You got to pull Nick Lee. You got to. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that, I think that, you know, although Nick Lee lost to Caden Gefeller, who's very solid, red shirt, huge recruit. When they went out and battled, Nick Lee's shown that he's probably gonna score you well, you know, a significant significant amount of more points at the NCAA tournament than than uh, Jared Cortez. Oh, I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, I don't even think it's a debate. I, in fact, I think Nick Lee and watch in watching Nick Lee wrestle. Nick Lee has amazing offense, and what I like about him and I, is that his presence on the mat, the way he just stalks guys all over the mat, it reminds me of Zane. I'm not saying he's as good as Zane. Obviously, he's not. Right, but it just right. he's constantly pressuring forward. He's constantly looking to attack. Um, it, and even though 141 is an extremely deep weight class this year, Nick Lee, if they pull him out of red shirt, he he is in the mix for all American like consideration. I feel like he's in that conversation for the all American conversation. The problem is you got like a top six, freaking stacked weight at 141. You know, there's not much room for for a lot of people there. So if Nick Lee was going to all American at 141, it would it would have to be because of upsets. Right, but Ben, that's what happens. Upsets happen. Right, right, right. Did you expect McKenna last year not to all American and Jade and no, Ironman no. just to run through dudes? You no, know, you're right. There's ups- upsets happen. We, we saw it in the finals for 165. You know, so. But I think Penn State's got like another question they need to answer. They do, to be honest with you, and that is who the hell's their 197 going to be? I think that's a great question, and at this point, um, I don't think anybody can say for sure. I have my thoughts on it. Do you have your thoughts? Well, I want to hear your thoughts on it. My thoughts are this. Look, there's something not right with McCutcheon. I don't. I think McCutcheon's just out of the talk at this point. Well, he got injured. Yeah. Yeah. They said that he he might not be ready for. Yeah. He might be done for the year. Who knows? But I think he's completely out of the consideration right now. Um, 
So it basically boils down to Kassar and Rashid, right? Yeah, I think that the, obviously those are the two that um, both wrestled at the uh, Southern Scuffle and actually had some success. Uh, Kassar. He took third. Yeah, he, he took third. I think he lost a controversial match in the quarters. Correct, to the Unai guy. Yeah, to. Uh, to, to uh, I can't oh. even pronounce his no, name. No, excuse me. So he lost a controversial match in the semis. Right. To the Unai Holschlag. That's it. Who Rashid pinned. Um, Rashid pinned f- four top 20 guys to win I, this tournament. Did he pin four or did he pin three? I thought he pin had. Pin three and one won by major. Three pins excuse and me. had two major decisions over the course of the tournament. Yeah. Over over top 20 guys. So here's my thoughts on that, and you and I have talked about this previously already. I think Kassar is probably your guy with the higher ceiling. I think he may actually even be the better overall wrestler. Why do you think he's the higher ceiling guy? Because I think with Rashid, you know what you're getting, okay? okay? You know what you're getting with Rashid. He's been a journeyman. He's never been able to crack the lineup as a full-time starter. And think about he's it, been Ben. some bad weights, though, for himself. Not only has he been in some bad weights, but he's also been cutting a lot of weight. Well, that's what I mean. Like he's, you know, he was not a one sixty five pounder when he was trying to make that. When Morelli took his spot, all of his pins that occurred at the Southern Scuffle came from cross face cradles. Okay, so that's great. You've that got a great Ruthish. move. You've got a great move. But eventually, guys are going to scout that. They're going to figure that out. And if that's your best that you have to offer, it's easier to shut that down. I think Kassar may be the better better athlete. I think he may be the better overall wrestler. He's also probably got the better pedigree, being a former junior world team member, um, a big-time recruit. I just think that Rashid's got some better wins this year. His losses are better, too. Take this take this tournament away. Does he have better wins? His losses are better. No, not, not – Taking this tournament away, no, you're right. His wins aren't better, but his losses are probably a little better. I mean, Kassar's um, only two losses. He lost to Gavin Hoffman from Bucknell early in the season, and then obviously the controversial laugh, uh, not laugh, lost to the guy from you and I at the scuffle. Okay, so let's look at Rashid's losses then. I mean, Rashid has lost to, my understanding, Ben Darmstad, and there was one other, one other decent loss. Other than that, I'm not sure he's had a lot of bad losses either. I mean, he's also not been the full-time starter. He's not been the starter at all. Right, right. So anyway, they so do you not see it? Do you not see any reason why it would make sense to 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 at least split time now for the next couple of weeks to determine the starter? One thing I think we're also not considering is the wrestle-offs in the room. If Kassar was the clear clear one and McCutcheon was the clear two before this, that means that Kassar's probably got wins over Rashid in the room. You can't just look at the room, though, when we're talking about scoring points at the NCAA tournament. Let him split time, then. I mean, dude, Rashid just pinned, like, beat four guys in the top 20. Great tournament for him. Taking none of that away from right. him. Right, so give him a chance, right? All right. I, I guess I can get down with that. I think when it's all said and done, I think Kassar is probably the best guy you go with, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I don't know. Who, yeah. If you were going to pick a guy right now, what would you say? I'd probably take Kassar. Okay. <laughs> but no, right. but I mean, you know, but I mean I'm, I'm trying to make some conversation about the fact that I think Rashid actually has a, you know, legitimate, a legitimate gripe to say, I want some, you know, I, I, I want some time. Fair point. Fair point. I, I, I get what you – I'm picking up what you're putting down, Ben. All right, so other than the scuffle and other than Ohio State, we got had more stuff that went on this week. Um, Spencer Lee. Free the Lee, baby. The Lee was freed. 
Um, surprising to me, actually, especially after what we talked about at, during the last podcast episode. Not to me. Okay, not to you. But we both thought that maybe he might have had an injury or something after he medical forfeited out of the Midlands. That was strange. So that was, that was strange because you, you, I remember you asked me last podcast the question of, you know, do you think the Spencer Lee is going to be freed? And I said to you, and and, and I I, I uh, brought it back, but I said, yes, 100% yes. And what I meant was, yes, I think that prior to the injury, he was going to wrestle. Okay. And then, and then what I said was, well, we don't know what this injury is. Is it a knee injury? Is it a... You know, an injury, just a tweak. Is it something where he just doesn't feel right? But if it wasn't his knee that that, that hurt him, you know, the, where the t- torn ACL was, I said that he was going to free the. I said they were going to free the lead. So that's what I said, and and you disagreed. From from my recollection of the last podcast, you did not believe they were going to free him. Well, the reason why I thought that was because I thought he medical forfeited out due to an injury, and it was basically look. If he's not healthy, if something happened to that knee, then no, you can't bring him out because you're risking further injury. Right, right. You're risking something that happened. But maybe, just maybe, Tom Brands and company saw all they needed to see from him to that point and said, you know what? There's no sense in continuing. We're going to pull you out. You're going to be the man going forward. You know what's fun about the free the lead, though? What's that? So we made a little bit of a fantasy fantasy wrestling trade, baby. We did. Why don't you oh. holler about that? Because I feel like you say that I got the best of you, but I feel like it's going to be a pretty solid trade difference. All right. So I I bought the hype. I got, I got on the and, hype. And let me say something real quick. I did know that Lee was going to wrestle Friday before I traded him because right before – because I'm not an idiot – Right before I made the trade, I got on Hawkeye Report, and I saw the the poster that said Lee was going to be traded. So I knew that Lee was going to be free at this time. Brand, I did. Brandon didn't. I knew he was going to be. Because everybody's going to be like, because people were giving me shit like, oh, you traded him, and all of a sudden he's free. Like, you made a bad trade. I was like, no, I already knew he was going to be traded. Actually, Ben, I did too. Or whatever. So, I got a little contact out there that told me. Yeah. Well, and I knew. I got a little birdie that just whispered about I'm head. not an idiot. You think I'm just a dumbass? But I still feel like it was a good trade for me. So here's the deal. Ben and I, we're in this fantasy wrestling league. We've talked about it ad nauseum, ad nauseum. Um, We decided to make a little trade. Um, I didn't have a 141-pounder. Ben did not have a 141-pounder. Because Jared Prince got fat. He went up to 149. So I decided to trade Ben, Pat Downey, PD3, and Nick Lee for Spencer Lee and Max Dean. Right. Okay. Now, I think you got the better end of that because Nick Lee will get pulled out of red shirt. Oh, he's getting pulled. He's getting pulled. He's getting pulled. Okay. Pat Downey, look, it's either shit or get off the pot time for Pat Downey. And my understanding is he's wrestling this weekend. He's gonna wrestle the fourteenth. Yeah. All right. Um and if Pat Downey's ready to shit, he's all American candidate. Okay? Absolutely. I think Nick Lee is is too. Now Spencer Lee. So, oh, man, he makes 125 a real interesting weight class now. I mean, he's an immediate, he's an immediate title contender. Do you really think that? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, I hope so. And if Max Dean wrestles more like freshman Gabe Dean and less <laughs> like Jimmy Dean, I'm okay. I'm feeling good. 
But that's going to remains to be seen. He's got one good win on the year. He had a nice win over Drew Foster. Drew Foster later beat him. And then Zach Zabatsky he's also, he's also, also scored beat him. a lot of points against, you know, just the random duels, you know. Yeah, he's got two losses on the year. He lost to Drew Foster and Zach Zabatsky at the Cliff Keen, okay? Uh, both both All-American type guys. So here's what I was thinking about with this trade. One, I needed a 141-pounder. Two, I had Max Dean at 184. I was like, I can, and I also have Ronnie Brasser at 125. So I said, I can trade my shiny toy, Spencer Lee, to to really bolster my team. Now, I'm I took a risk because Nick Lee's not free for sure, and Pat Downey hasn't wrestled yet, but I expect them both to be in the lineup. And if they both are, if you add those their points up against Lee's points at NCA Lee's and Max D's points at the NCA tournament. I bet they're pretty close. It, it, it may actually end up being a wash. Yeah, I bet they're pretty close. But the last time that I had a multiple-time world champ get pulled out of red shirt to wrestle at the, na- at the national Hall. tournament, it worked out pretty well for me. All right, so let's get off this for a second. Look, Spencer Lee got pulled. All right, his first match, Michigan State, Rayvon Foley. 46-second, 48-second pin. And Foley, was a, he's a nice recruit for them. It was like 18-2, 18-3 before that. And uh, Spencer Lee hit a nasty inside carry yep. right to his back. Right to his back. Well, 46 uh, seconds. Slid up to a headlock, pinned him. What do you expect? I mean, dude is freaking legit. I, I, it hurt my heart to trade him, but I just, I just needed, I needed two guys to fill out my lineup. Now that it's official with him being pulled out of red shirt, what, in your opinion, does that do to the 125-pound weight class? Well, it adds another title contender. I, I don't care what anybody says it has. Give me your title contenders right now. Okay. I got Nathan Tomasello, Darren Cruz, Nick Seriano, and Spencer Lee. Those are your four guys. Yeah. Okay. Who are your title contenders at that weight? Um, I, I would say... I feel like that's four is a lot. I, I like the first three, obviously, Tomasella, Suriano, Cruz. Um, I still want to see more from Spencer Lee before I say he's a title contender. I definitely think he's in the mix to be an All-American. Oh, um, God, yeah. You know, but as long as he's got that giant brace on his leg, it's still, you know, cause for concern. But these next couple of weeks when he's got Piccinini next weekend and he's also got Tomasello coming up, I think those are going to be some great tests for him to we, see where exactly The question will at. be answered soon enough. Exactly. Do you uh, throw uh, Lezak in there as a title contender? Man, that's... Am I, am I disrespectful to not do that? God, that's a great point, Ben. Um, anybody that's as nasty as he is on top who has proven that I don't care if I'm down... <laughs> By eight or nine points, I can we still did it against Pitch. Exactly, I can still come back and beat you. Um, yes and no. I, I think, as we've all seen in, in years past, um, at the national tournament, once the whistle gets blown, you know, shit hits the fan. What a weight class, though. I think the weight class is now a definite fun weight class to watch, in my opinion. It's one of the more deeper weight classes, in my opinion. You think so? I, I feel like I put it right up there with 41 and 65. I don't know if I'd put it up there with 141, but I would agree. It's I guess it is. It's a pretty deep weight class. It's gonna be fun to watch to see how it plays out. Um, I, I I'm anxious to see if the hype is truly real with Spencer Lee. I really am. Well, I mean, he beat the hell out of Rayvon Foley, man. 
All right, so let's move on from this. Uh, we got a couple a couple of things to finish up with, man. We had an amazing duel that took place, the very first college duel ever, if I think, to take place um, in another country. That right? was, that was kind of strange to me. Like, why why are you why are you flying all the way over the? It was for know? the troops. Yeah, it was for the troops. But I heard they weren't even able to wrestle on the base because of some sort of red tape. Really? Yeah. So they were supposed to wrestle on the uh, Kevin Jack couldn't get security. They were supposed to wrestle, wrestle on the Naples. Uh, I don't know if it was an Air Force base or not, but they couldn't get the the clearance, so they ended up wrestling in a freaking high school gym. Oh, so obviously this is the Oklahoma State versus North Carolina State duel um, that just took place Friday, actually, um, in Italy, Naples, Italy, and um, some interesting results from that match. Two in particular. It was. I'll tell you what, it was a battle. Okay, Okie State ended up winning 19-16. I think North Carolina State is ranked fifth, if I can recall from the dual meet uh, standpoint. Oklahoma State's ranked third. So we're talking about some studs. Depending on rankings, I've seen Missouri ranked third as well. Okay, but you know, we're talking, you know, top, we're talking top five studs. Oklahoma State ended up uh, winning the duel 19-16. to I tell you what, the thing that, uh, you know, we, we all had our eyes on was, Dean Howe versus Jack. How's Dean Howe going to react to his first loss in 55 matches when he lost to Ironman up there in Oklahoma, or up there in uh, Larmy, Wyoming? He lost to, um, he lost to um, Bryce Meredith in Larmy, Wyoming in, um, you know, the rideouts. So we're saying, okay, let's get a little closer to sea level. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be real. That match took place like 6,000 feet above sea level. Right, more than that, maybe. And, uh, Kevin Jack beats him four to three. What do you think about that? I think it's a rough stretch for Dean Heil. I really do. But as we've said before, one forty one that weight class is just it's just insane. It's chaos. It's organized chaos. Um I think what I'm most interested about is to see how Dean Heil responds to two consecutive losses because I don't think he's probably not since his freshman season and maybe not even then has he lost two matches in a row. And keep in mind, Kevin Jack is the only active wrestler with right. multiple wins over Dean Heil. The only other two guys I believe that ever had multiple wins over Dean Heil was Le'Veon Mays and Joey Ward. Okay. Both have since graduated. Obviously. Um Look, you and I have both said before that Kevin Jack is a legit title contender at that weight class. I picked him last year. Okay, I did too. I I, I absolutely did. He didn't even make the finals. Um, I guess on one hand, it's easy to say that, God, you know, Hiles fallen off. The new rule changes are affected him. He's lost two matches in a row. You know, he's he, he's not going to be a three-time national champ. But on the other hand, let's when you really look at some of the details, he, the two matches that he lost, one was 6,000 feet above sea level at altitude, which is extremely difficult, and you can tell it obviously affected him. Oh, he was gassed out. And the other one is, you know, across, you know, in a location across a Lake Atlantic flight against another top guy in the country, you know. Kevin Jack took that same flight, though. He did. You're right. I, I agree, Ben. And somebody's got to win the match, and somebody's got to lose the match. Right, 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 right. Good point. 
I guess we got to wait to see how he responds from this. I, I really, what I noticed in this match more than anything, and do you know how actually the one takedown that he scored off of uh, Kevin Jack was when Kevin Jack got in deep on a single, Dean Heil drapes over, grabs two ankles, and scores. The second time, Dean Heil wasn't able to do it. He wasn't able to drape. And because last year, what he would have done is he would have funked and he would have hung out on his back and he wouldn't have got taken down. That's a good point. I think that the rule changes have actually affected Dean Heil. I feel like now more than anything, we're starting to see that those rule changes have affected Heil because he used to be completely fine and you know not concerned at all when somebody would get in on his legs and he would drape over him. Now, if you get in deep on a good single leg and don't or whatever shot and don't let him have the ability to do a scramble where he used to be able to just roll it, half roll it, put himself on his back, he can't do that now. Kevin Jack, last last shot where he scored and got the takedown. I you know, I feel like that shows that these new rules are affecting Dean Howe. You know what? That's a great point, Ben. Um, and there's a great chance that there's a lot of merit to that and that you are right. Um, the one thing I will say about Dean Heil is that as he's proven the last two years, when the lights are brightest, Dean Heil shows up and he knows how to get it done. Yeah. So you cannot discount him at all to be out of that title threat to win that third consecutive national championship. It's not going to be easy. There's a litany of guys that are in that same conversation. The interesting thing right now, though, is how do you rank this weight class? I mean, it's because every week it just seems like it just keeps getting more muddy, more confusing. How do you rank this? In my opinion, I think there's really two guys that have a claim to the number one spot. You think there's three guys. So tell me about them. Well, I'm not sure if there's three, but, you know, at this point, I, I, I still keep Bryce Meredith as number one. Same. Um, you know, Yanni Diakmahalas has a a case to be number one because he's beaten Bryce Meredith, but you know he also has a loss. Correct. To um to uh, can you help me out there? Ironman. Ironman. Um, and Ironman's not going to be number one. Dean Howell's not in the ranking conversation for number one anymore. So no, he's I, got two losses. Yeah, so I feel like it's Meredith, Yanni, or you know Kevin Jack. Kevin Jack has a. Take the claim. His only loss is uh, to uh, Meredith. To Meredith this year. Yeah, I mean, which to me, it, it, I like Meredith one because of that. I, I think like it, I think one. it's two guys. It's either Yanni or it's Meredith. And here's the two arguments, you know, in my opinion, for both. One, Yanni's got the head to head over Meredith. Okay, and he's also got a couple of other nice wins as well. Um, specifically over Alber. Um, he's got a nice win over Nick Lee, who's obviously still in red shirt. But Meredith has the best wins of anybody in that weight class, bar none. He's beaten Red multiple times. He's beaten Kanan Store multiple times. He's got the win over Heil. He's got the win over uh, Kevin Jack. He's got the win over Ironman. Um, so it just... It, it, you got to put him one. It just, how do you, it you just depends on one, what right? you value again. We've talked about this. Do you value a head-to-head loss? against Diakamahalas, or do you value the wins over all those top ten guys more? And I, to me, to me, I think Meredith, Meredith is your number one well, guy. Well, and I think you also look at past, past, past accolades, too. I mean, Meredith has some great past accolades. Absolutely. Two-time All-American. That's I think why, he's been, uh, what, runner-up and fourth? Runner-up and fourth. So that's yeah. why I think you put him two. I or, agree. Excuse me, one. 
and I, I think you still you still keep Yanni down there below Ironman at this point. Um, so, oh man, yeah, that gets tricky there. I, I think you keep Ironman down below Ironman. The the real question is where does Dean go? Well, he's got two losses, so I think you got a ranking behind. He's all gonna the- go below Jack. So uh, the, my, the latest Intermat ranking has uh, Dean at three, Jack at four. So you got to flop those. The Ironman still stay five. Most likely, because well, then that keeps to me that keep that you put Yanni down at six or or wherever you know that is. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's a conundrum. If I'm ranking it, I'm gonna go Meredith one, Yanni two, Jack three. Ironman four, Heil five. That's how I'm ranking it. I can get down with that. That's how I have to rank it. All right, listen. We are at our time. We've gone over a little bit. Um, Anyway, some great conversation today, Ben. Um, You got any final thoughts? Nothing, baby. I love it. All right, so listen. This is episode number 49 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. Next week, we are coming at you hard with episode number 50. Hopefully, we got something we got special. We a special guest, baby. Yeah, we got something special lined up for you. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, find us. Follow us. Look for our Facebook page. All that great stuff. Interact with us. We love it. That's all we got for you today. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro.